You are listening to Elder Law Answers for Attorneys. Elder Law Answers is the leading provider of web-based practice development tools for elder law attorneys. We help firms reach clients with tools designed by elder law attorneys for elder law attorneys. I'm Rebecca Hobbs, the National Director of Elder Law Answers and a practicing elder law attorney in the Philadelphia area. In each episode of Elder Law Answers for Attorneys, we will chat with leading experts in the field of elder law, marketing, and practice development. Welcome. So today I'm continuing my conversation with Kathy Sikarski. In our last episode, we talked about conversations elder law attorneys need to be having with our baby boom and Gen X clients. Um, So we're going to continue talking about that. Um, So Kathy is a practicing attorney. She's been practicing elder law for over 30 years and limits her practice to elder law issues. Um, She has been a significant caregiver for seven different family members and friends. She is a frequent guest on radio programs and podcasts and speaks to promote financial and legal preparation and the aging crisis. So Kathy is also an author, and um, her most recent book was released by Corner Office Book books, and it is her second book, and it premiered as number one on Amazon. The title of the book is Who Moved My Teeth? A Practical and Legal Guide for Adults and Caregivers. Um, so Kathy, like I said, is a frequent speaker on these different topics, and I'm super excited to have her on again to continue this conversation. So Kathy, welcome, and thank you for being here today. Thanks, Rebecca. I'm so happy to be back because we're talking about really important things. This is really great. Great. So we, in our first conversation, we kind of talked about this idea of a long-term care crisis and the things that we need to be educating our clients on, on documents they should have and tools, like you said, tools in our toolbox to make sure that our clients know, um, you know, all those different tools they need to have. And we talked about um, financial, durable power of attorneys. We talked about advanced directives and wills. Um, so today we're going to focus a little bit on what our clients need to be preparing for as far as finances. So we're going to talk about money. Um, you know, and I have found with a lot of my clients, especially with the older generations, a lot of women take on that role as primary caregiver to children when children are young and raising children. And they have lower earnings potentially or no earnings. And that can really impact them with, you know, less pensions, less money in retirement. Um, Is that something that you have found as well? It's it's rampant, to be honest with you. And when the long-term care model, I would say, for want of a better word, was put into place and and ultimately leading, of course, to Medicaid, which is what we're talking about, is how do you ultimately pay for a nursing home, right? And when that model was put into place, I don't think anyone thought for a minute the unintended consequence of what would happen to women who did not have a financial, a healthy financial background. So mm-hmm. this generation that we're talking about, baby boomers and even Gen Xers, you know, they're, mm-hmm. they're women now in their, in their late 40s and 50s um, have still, we have still uh, committed wonderfully to being uh, stay-at-home moms, you know, mm-hmm. caregivers for our parents and grandparents, et cetera. And every time we do that, as you said, we step out of the workforce. And every time we step out of the workforce, we deplete our social security. You know, they start multiplying it by zeros in that year. Zero is not good as a multiplier in this sentence. And uh, we don't contribute. We don't have any 
contributions to 401ks at that point because we're not employed and we're probably not contributing to IRAs. And what we're probably are doing as a family is contributing quite lovely and healthily to our spouses, our partners, big old 401k, right? Which is great. It's great in a family situation and a family where where everyone's getting along and you're going to have these funds in retirement and you're having a great time. But ultimately, because we have changed the investment picture of this country from pensions and joint CDs and joint investments and joint to these individual 401k IRA things, mm-hmm. we have now set up a long-term care slash Medicaid crisis for women. That's exactly what's happened. Because right. as you know, in in Pennsylvania and pretty much everywhere, actually, we're actually, we have some good things about Pennsylvania, but as you know, my husband goes into a nursing home. He's got a big, huge 401k slash IRA. All that money is considered his nursing home money. It's no right. longer my money. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. And that's what we're living on. And that's what's paying my mortgage and my car payment and my, right. And mm-hmm. so here we are. And I well, hopefully I have access because I have unlimited gifting. Right. Which what if I don't, right? Mm-hmm. So that's number one as an elder lawyer. And and second, hopefully um, I have access in a way that I might be able to save myself some money. We've created a crisis, Rebecca. That's what we've yeah. done. So what do we do about that? I mean, okay. what do we do where we have that situation? So we have that situation almost everywhere, especially in this age group that we're talking about. Um, So what do we do? Well, ideally, we educate them. And and I know this is this is, uh, you know, self-serving, but it's not. Mm -hmm. I want you to get my book, Who Moved My Teeth, (laughs) because it talks about this actual thing and what can you do. And my book is directed to your clients. My book is for the common person to read and try to understand these complicated things that we're talking about as lawyers. Because could any area of the law be more complex, right? Right. That, That applies so deeply to just the common man, right? We have made this so complicated. So what can we do? Well, the first thing we can do is actually know that we have a problem. People need to know this, that this is what Mm -hmm. you're coming into. This is a part of that tsunami, that crisis that you and I were talking about in the last episode. So you got to know that there's a problem there. Oh my God, my husband has all the money and class, you know, he's already a sick person or classically they they get sick first, whatever, blah, blah, blah. So, okay. A, I know that. So B, what can I do to prepare? Well, you have to look mm-hmm. at your finances and see how they're set up and work with your financial advisor. And we're lawyers. I know that. I'm not a financial right. advisor. I know yeah. you're not. We're not even allowed to, which is the beauty of Pennsylvania <laughs> right. in some ways, right? Mm-hmm. We can't cross over. What we can say is we can teach your financial advisor about you know what this crisis is going to be because I don't know about you, but I run into financial advisors all the time who don't know this. They don't know right. this. Right, right, um, right. So we can work with them, but we can also, as lawyers, make sure that those powers of attorneys have gifting in there, have unlimited gifting between spouses and have, you know, beneficiary designation. And then we have to tell our clients, you got to look at the way your finances are set up. You have to move money if you can, if you can, and it makes sense. Yeah. I think it's so important. You mentioned the financial advisor portion because people need to understand um, attorneys and clients need to understand this team approach to yes. assisting our clients, which is that we're not a one-stop shop. I mean, we can help them with those legal issues, but it's really a team approach. You need a financial advisor, 
um, you know, to, to work with you as well to educate the client on investments and potentially reorganizing their portfolio or, you know, whatever they're going to advise them on. Um, And then maybe a tax professional as well to assist with, with the tax side. So there's so many components to this plan. Exactly. And and that's when everybody seizes up and panics, you know, and doesn't do anything because we're like, oh, you have to have a tax advisor. You have to have a financial advisor. You have to let me talk to these people. And and so honestly, we have to work really hard at being kind counselors Mm. because people freak out over this as like I said in the last thing, we are are the bearer of bad news. (laughs) Right, right. And it can be super overwhelming too when you, you know, all these things are being thrown at you. And if they're coming to us in a crisis, they're already kind of in a panic state to begin with. I do find though that if I'm talking to someone's grown children, right? rather than I'm just directly, like if the parents are in there with their grown children, you know, mm-hmm. I can often, um, that can be a calming force to say to the grown children, look, right. here's what's happening here with your parents. There's only certain things we can do. There may be some things we can't do, you know, it might be too far gone, but you can now know that this could also happen to you and that you need to acknowledge that we as elder attorneys have to work with your financial person hand in hand, you know, we have to help them understand how these nursing home costs are going to affect your parents or your finances. And we have to let them know that we've put into place, for instance, this unlimited gifting so they can Mm -hmm. start moving money to benefit the community spouse. Right. Now, I mean, we can't talk about finances without talking about employer benefits, employees, and all of these kind of untapped benefits and programs that sometimes clients don't realize. So let's talk about that. It's amazing um, what's out there. Um, And, you know, lawyers, we don't typically work in big law firms. We just don't, where you and I live especially, right? Mm -hmm. And so these benefits are often a part of a corporate structure where our clients are coming from uh, that they don't even know they have. And there's something called EAPs, which is Employee Assistance Programs, um, Mm -hmm. that often have a component to them, which is specifically for um, elders and or disabilities disabled people and or caregivers. I um, have actually done a couple of webinars and some podcasts for a company called Torchlight. I mean, I'm only telling you that, that you know uh, that they have a platform that they sell to corporations where they only do um, assistance with elder issues, disability issues, and children mm-hmm. with special needs. That's literally the platform that they sell to corporations about the billion things that we can do to help you if you have this kind of a problem in your family. And I'm just bringing it up as an example to let you know that Mm -hmm. many corporations have these uh, employee assistance programs, even as a part of their insurance. Like I know, I know Blue Cross Blue Shield has, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, a a little arm, let's say, where they will connect you with uh, an elder lawyer or answer questions about long-term care or, or help you find a nursing home or actually Mm -hmm. have paid benefits for caregivers, Hmm. like for in-home care. Isn't that crazy? And people don't know it. 
So, yeah. so like my mom, I'm going home to, or I'm going to the nursing home every day because my mom has fallen or whatever. And they actually have someone, you can hire a geriatric care manager, or you can hire someone to come into hmm. your parents' home. And there's a benefit there that would pay for that. Yeah. Those sounds like amazing benefits. So how do people learn about if their company has these benefits? Well, first of all, read your handbook. Who does? <laughs> <laughs> we all put it in our desk. <laughs> right. Isn't this a nice handbook? And then you put it in your desk and then you're like, where is that handbook? <laughs> right. I'm sick. I need to know what's going to happen. So A, read your handbook. B, ask HR, right? Yeah. HR is, that's, that's what they're there for. I will right. say though, in my experience, especially just from my clients, um, Helping your elder or your disabled person has become the new secret. It used to be that childcare was the secret. You couldn't tell them that the school called and you had to go pick up your kid because she has the flu or, you know, mm-hmm. whatever. Mm-hmm. That's no longer the case. I mean, it's right. pretty it's pretty well understood that people have children and, you know, things happen and they've put, you know, things in place to help you with that. But people don't want to talk about the fact that maybe their mother is sick or their father is sick and they need to, uh, you know, go on a search for a nursing home or they need to go to the hospital or they're getting out of the hospital and there's nowhere for them to go. It's a secret, but you would be shocked at the benefits that exist and the HR can help you with. And the easier way to do that in this beautiful digital age is there's probably a lot of digital information on your company website mm-hmm. that you can poke around in and nobody's, right. you know, monitoring you for that to help yeah. you find it. But there's right. so much more than you know. And even honestly, your boss probably doesn't even know it. Yeah. <laughs> right. Well, Kathy, I know. Right. So let's, let's switch gears. I, I okay. want to ask you a couple questions about your book. Okay. Um, so your book title, Who Moved My Teeth and a Practical <laughs> Guide to, to, for Adult and Caregivers. Yes. What inspired you to write this book? Well, as you mentioned, I have been a caregiver for seven different family members and friends over the last 30 years. I, my, my couple of aunts, my mother-in-law, my mom, my, my uh, very dear friend who fell down the stairs and had a traumatic brain injury. Um, and my brother-in-law who had multiple sclerosis, the worst possible kind. I was mm-hmm. the primary caregiver for all of those people. Some of them lived with me. Some of them did not. That's exactly what made me hone my practice into elder law, as you can imagine, Mm -hmm. because that's the kind of law that I was dealing with on a regular basis, both practically and legally. Um, And then I thought, you know, this is just far too much information to get out one person at a time. People need to know this. And so I, as you said, that's my second book. My first book was a memoir about taking care of my 92-year-old grandmother who came to live with me and my (laughs) two-year-old daughter at the same time. Uh Um, which was hilarious and frightening all at once. Um, So I made Who Moved My Teeth, which is a play on Who Moved My Cheese, which was Uh a very popular corporate book um, a decade or so ago about how to deal with change and what could be more life-changing than dealing with these crisis issues of long-term care, right? Right, right. Now, in your book, you talk about how caregivers, they need assistance, they need help, but sometimes they don't know how to ask for it or, yeah. or where to go. Right. Um, so how, as elder law attorneys, you know, how do we change this? How do we help them with that? You know, whether we like to admit it or not, we are, we are advocates, not just for them, but we are a resource. We are a resource. And so we have to be the best possible resource we can be. We can lead them to aging and adult services. We can lead them to, you know, um, 
like I said, the corporate benefits that they might have. We can lead them to who moved my teeth, which you saw. I'm sure that there's a chapter there which literally gives them a script about how to ask for help. Call right. someone and ask them these questions. But we can also, when we if someone comes in, they say, I have six children, and you keep seeing the same child come in with you, you can say, oh, what do your other kids do? Is it possible so-and-so who's a nurse could maybe come to one of these meetings or could help? We mm-hmm. have the capability of you know, pushing a little bit uh, uh, up that hill for them and saying, there's other people in your family who can help you. Let's explore that. I mean, I think we are probably one of the most human practices in law there is. What do you think? Yeah, I agree. You know, right there with with family law as well, where they deal with some of these interesting, you know, complex family situations as well. Yes, exactly. Exactly. Now, we talked a little bit about, you know, employer benefits, employee benefits, Caregivers oftentimes have two jobs. So they're caring for family members, but then they also have a job outside of the home. So what what kind of advice do you have for those caregivers that they're managing those two roles? My biggest piece of advice is you have to be the healthiest person in the room. You just have to be. And don't you for one minute think that it is selfish to take care of yourself in terms of your health both mentally and physically, because without you, and there's some crazy statistic, like, you know, one fourth of caregivers die before the person they're caring for, because Mm. it's too much stress. It's too much physical, you know, debilitation on the, on the caregiver, which is why I'm on the board of Nancy's house, because they do these wonderful respite weekends for caregivers, you know, right. They, they they tell caregivers, you need to stop and and slow down. Um, So, That's the best thing I can tell them. And everybody ignores that. I'm going to tell you that right now. Um, Right. But you have to do it. You have to find the resources for you because otherwise you just can't do your job. And the other thing, and I'm going to turn this on you, Rebecca, (laughs) that asks me all the time, can I get paid as a caregiver for a family member? Right. And the you answer hear is, that? Do you get I that do. Question? And the, yep. the answer is absolutely yes. yes. Yeah. And I think that's a question that they don't even think to ask you. I mean, I right. love that they ask when they do, but I think it's another question that we as attorneys should have on our list of things when they come in, you know, how is this affecting your life? How is it affecting your job? Do you mm-hmm. need to get paid as a caregiver? Because we can help you with that. Right. And I think there is, I have found such this, this feeling of guilt almost if they Mm. want to be paid or they need to be paid. It's Mm -hmm. this idea of, well, I don't want to take their money. They need their money. Or, you know, what will my brother or sister say when they see that I'm getting paid for, you know, doing this? I think there's, there's so many, um, feelings around that topic. That's really true. But that circles back to two things. Number one, you know, the financial piece that if they have a financial advisor to talk about, and how you're actually saving them a fortune by paying them, right? Right. And number two, how again, we're with the next generation, you're stepping out of the workforce, you're starting, you're going to lose money and the ability to have a retirement of your own, if we don't make this happen. And Mm -hmm. that is not a fair piece, you know? Right, right. So you're right. Lots of feelings. Yeah. Yeah. And I, <laughs> and I, I think the other like complicated um, portion of this that people get tied up in is this idea of how the payment will, will work, you know, what's yes. needed, the caregiver agreement, how our taxes handled, how are yes. things paid. And that is where, you know, 
we as elder law attorneys can come into play educating the client on all of those those yeah. issues. Right. That's why we have jobs. That's our <laughs> right. job. Exactly. <laughs> Now, and I wanted to ask you too, so in your book, you talked about this dealing with insurance companies because insurance companies, gosh, they can be so frustrating, such a pain to deal with. Yes. Um, And so, you know, what, what's your, what are your tips on that for caregivers that are just dealing with these frustrating issues? So the first thing you need to know is you as a caregiver are now an advocate you're an advocate and, and, you know, I'm an advocate and now you're an advocate. So, so you need to take, you're not just a daughter or, or a son, you, you are an advocate. So you need to be able to go toe to toe. One thing I do tell them, my, my super secret documents that are uh, available is that the veterans administration and Medicare both have a document that is called authorization to speak to a third party. Even if you're a power of attorney and that should be enough for them to talk to you, that's the hardest document for them to get to accept your your power of attorney, to find it, to not lose it, to say, yes, we know you. But if you fill out their form, and in my book, it tells you where to find it. It's online. It's very easy. Um, They will talk to you every time you pick up the phone. So that's number one to make your life easy with those two insurance companies, so to speak, you know. Um, And the next thing is, is you've got to be willing to Go toe to toe and ask for supervisors. You have to not take no for an answer. Mm-hmm. And yeah. you're never going to talk to the same person twice. Oh, right. Right. And you may get hung up on a couple of times. And you, you will. It's not a question of may. <laughs> you absolutely will. Yeah. Right. Right. So, Kathy, your book, Who Moved My Teeth, where if people want to read your book, they want to yes. find it. Where can they find your book? It's on Amazon. So easy to find. You can type either in Who Moved My Teeth or Kathy Sikorsky. And Kathy is with a C, C A T H Y. Um, and you can certainly go to my website and it'll lead you to Amazon, quite frankly. Uh, my website is kathysikorsky.com. And you can go to my speaker website, kathysikorsky.com backslash speaker, if you're interested in having me come speak to your group in any way. And you can always email me with any questions, uh, kathy.sikorsky at gmail.com. Uh, I, am, I am an open book, literally. And I would love for you all to get my book and ask me questions. And I do believe I'm going to have a book coming out next year, too, as an adjunct for this one. So, yeah, yay. Wonderful. Any kind of last tips or um, parting gifts of wisdom you want to give our yes. listeners for today? Well, as lawyers, I love you all. You do great work. In the We are a very special bar. Um, um, don't be afraid to use my book with your clients. They love it and it helps them ask you questions every single time in my chapter. I, I'm sure you noticed, Rebecca, it says, ask an elder law about this. I right. direct people to the people who can help them. Uh, and so keep up the good work because we are only on the cusp of what's going on in uh, the world of elders with baby boomers and Gen Xers and the next generation. So yeah. Great. Thank you, Kathy, so much for joining thank us. Thank you, Rebecca. I really enjoyed our conversation. And thank you all for listening to Elder Law Answers for Attorneys. If you enjoyed today's episode, make sure to like it, share it with a friend or colleague. You can subscribe on iTunes and find all of our past episodes at podcast.elderlawanswers.com. See you next time.